Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Welcome to Talk for 12. We're in our second part of our series, Talking About My Generation. Last time, we chatted about the generations that we're from, whether that's like who we are or there's something else, and how it affects how we relate to people, our communication style, and how we read the Bible. Tell us who you are. I'm Maddie from Gen Z. And I'm Suze from Gen X. And I'm Jill from the Baby Boomer generation. And I'm Jill. I'm a millennial. Welcome back. Church is a diverse place, and we're privileged to have people from every background and family history, as well as generation. So today, we're going to think about how our generation maybe impacts or maybe doesn't our story of coming to know Jesus and being part of his family. So I'm going to hand over to Maddie. How did you come to know Jesus? God was very kind to me in that I grew up with Christian parents and in a loving church family. So I always knew that God had made me and he loved me. By primary school, I would say I was Going through the motions of what I thought being a Christian was, I was reading the Bible and praying and trying to be a good kid, but on the other hand, I remember feeling exasperated by my inability to change my behaviour. I still found myself annoying my siblings and yelling at my parents and breaking promises, and so over time God helped me to see that I am actually a sinful person who can't live up to his standards on my own, but I need the forgiveness that only Jesus offers. It was when I was not long out of uni. I had grown up as a Catholic. I thought that I was a good person, and because of that, I thought that I was okay with God. I knew the phrase that Jesus had died for us, but I'd never really put in any thought into what this actually meant. Thinking back and reflecting, I'm wondering if this because I was taught not to question authority and it's just the way it was. I thought that going to church was something that I did to please God and more so to please my family. It was the right thing that I should be doing. I started going to an evangelical church to catch up with friends. From there, I did a Simply Christianity course. And for the first time, I realized the significance of Jesus' death on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I realized that there was no such thing as a good person and that the only way to forgiveness was to put my trust in Jesus and what he had done for me. I'm certainly also appreciative of several key people who were investing in me at that time. And looking back, it came out that several of them and their Bible study groups had been praying for me before that all happened as well. Praise God. Wonderful. Thanks. Jill, what's your story? Yes, well, like Maddie, I grew up in a Christian family. My mother in particular, her father was an Anglican minister. So her faith was very, very important to my mother. Even in her late 90s, she attended church regularly and read her Bible prayed. My father was more of a reserved man, but I believe he was also a very committed Christian. And we attended the Anglican church wherever we were living. Also, when I was growing up in Brisbane, I attended Christian school run by an Anglican order of nuns. That was very important to me. Several of the nuns would emphasize the learning of Bible verses. And I think from an early age, knowing verses of the Bible and committing them to memory was important to me. I was confirmed quite young. I remember at age nine, because that was the way it was done at that time, and I remember it committed my life to God. And it was a child's faith, but it was very real and very important to me. And I think my Christian journey, with ups and downs, and I will say that it wasn't a continual upward path. There were times when I dipped, 
My years at university, I didn't connect with a Christian group. I don't really know why. And I think this was a low period in my Christian journey. But I was fortunate enough, or perhaps I chose, to marry a man when I was 21 who was a very strong, committed Christian from a Presbyterian background. And my Christian journey went on an upward trajectory from there. So I think maintaining that Christian connection at university is very, very important. And ever since I was married, I've been connected with the church. I think it's not necessarily a generational thing. I think the family that you're brought up with and the values that they espouse are probably the most important thing in your Christian life. Yeah, I was thinking that as each of you shared those wonderful stories of God's work in your life, that there is some elements that are different. There's been institutions and teachers and families that are different. But that wonderful thing about our journey in faith in Jesus is that each of us has come to know that we are in need of a saviour, that we are sinners who need to be forgiven. And that crosses generations, doesn't it? Even though different times and different places have impacted us. Fast forward to your present stage of life. What excites you or is challenging about following Jesus in the place that you're at now? Do you want to go first, Sue? I think this might relate to my life stage because both of my challenges and my joys both involve my children. So firstly, what is great about following Jesus is I think seeing my kids grow in their knowledge and love of God. It was so great seeing my two girls come home from the youth camp feeling so encouraged and spurred on and hearing one of my daughters pray at the front of church just brings such joy. It's also great comfort in the busyness of the ups and downs of life, knowing that even though we might have weeks where everything seems out of control, we do have a great God who is totally in control. For the challenges, for me, this is something I do struggle with and it's getting caught up in the busyness of life and not giving God the priority that he deserves and that I know he deserves. Our world is constantly bombarding us with so many good things, so many pretty things, so many fun things so many good things that need to be done. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus can be hard when there are so many other things demanding our attention. And I do worry about this distraction for my children as well. Personally, I find it so exciting that at university, people my age are more open than I expected to talking about their worldviews and whether or not they believe in a spiritual realm or a higher power like God. I've found that if people believe in a God, then they often think of God as a vague and undefinable concept, which opens opportunities to talk about how God entered our time and space as Jesus so we can truly know him. It is an exciting time. Exciting things or challenges, Jill? There's certainly no dangers for following Jesus for me, mm. but I do reflect and I feel embarrassed or ashamed that when I was younger and when I was working, I was sometimes even concealed the fact that I was a Christian because I was afraid of being mocked and sometimes when I did reveal it I would be made fun of in the workplace. Now that I'm older I simply don't care. I want everybody to know the joys and the great things about being a Christian. So that's pretty good about being old. As you age and in the normal order of things, not that I'm (laughs) presuming to tell God when things happen but it's likely that I'll be moving on to that great great heaven earlier than everybody else. I'm aware that time is running out for me And there's still so many people in my life that I want to pray for and I hope to convince that members of my family and people that I know. And so I'm aware and challenged by the small amount of time remaining to me so that they will accept Jesus into their life. Yes, absolutely. They say that time goes faster as you get older, so there's a sense of urgency. The sense of urgency is certainly there, yes. Yeah. 
So let's talk about that. How do we do evangelism? Is it different at the different stages of life, different generations, or is it the same? Are people that we meet and talk to more open to talking about spiritual things because of their generation? I think it's always been hard to talk to people about evangelism. You don't want to be known as those do-gooder Christians, perhaps. Totally. But it does get easier with age to talk about things, to bring up and say, yes, this is what I do on Sunday. I'm quite open now about inviting people when there are things like women's events or special services in inviting neighbours and friends and members of the family to come to them. So it does get easier to do evangelism. Do you think people of that generation have an experience of church, know what you're talking about when you say church is great, come along? A lot of people do, but sadly there are a lot of people who haven't got a history attending church. Yeah, yeah. What about people in the middle of life-ish? So evangelism is something that I also do struggle with and the traditional forms of evangelism, just going up and telling someone the gospel, I feel quite daunted by something like that. But I did really appreciate Sam Chan's approach in his book, How to Talk About Jesus, Personal Evangelism in a Skeptical World, which we did study in Bible study last year. His coffee dinner gospel approach is something that did resonate with me and something that I felt that was very doable. I love the concept of building relationships with non-Christians, sharing life with them and surrounding them with other Christians. Simple practical ideas like listening before we speak, being vulnerable and asking for help. And if you go to their things, they will be more likely to go to your things. Doing life with these friends so that they can witness the work of Jesus in your life. They might then ask questions or you might feel more comfortable to share your faith. It's a great way to make my busy everyday life more mission-focused without feeling overwhelmed by another thing to do or being daunted by having to go and share the gospel to a stranger. Yes, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, to use our existing relationships as well as our faith lived out in practice. Dig a bit deeper into those conversations. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thank you. What about younger people, evangelism? I think evangelism in my generation involves a lot of listening and trying to understand how people understand themselves firstly. People aren't really open to listening to what you have to say if they feel judged by you. So showing that you care about them as a person is an important first step. But then I think trying to live in a way that lines up with what you say you believe is really powerful in my generation. I'm not always good at this, but I try to show through prioritising church that Jesus is worth knowing and is in fact the king. Contentment is also something that stands out in a peer group that is always told to want more and not settle for anything less than your best life lived as your genuine self. I love Augustine's quote, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. I try to communicate that to my friends because I think people need to hear it. My housemates and I also invited our neighbours over for lunch the other day. And for a generation that is afraid of making phone calls, let alone talking to people face to face, that was pretty brave. It only took us 11 months to summon the courage to do it. (laughs) But once we got over being nervous, it was actually a great experience. Hopefully that's something we do again. Mm -hmm. That's so encouraging, Maddie. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, interestingly, generations have a different approach, but actually that importance of connection and communication and sharing our lives is still there, which is no surprise. It's, it's in the yeah, Bible. universal thing, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. What would you say to someone who thought that their generation was not particularly useful in the body? I'm worried people think, oh, I can't ask Jillian, she's too busy. Because like the middle people, we seem to be like oh, yeah. the ones that are always like, no, too busy for that. I don't want to be that person. 
I mean, the easy answer is that because that's what society's made up of. That's right. We every are generation, the, yep. every age group, and that's shock, right, that's shock announcement, everybody who's 22 is going to get to be 82, yes. if you're lucky. There doesn't have to be value. No, you don't have to be a productive member. You are a member. You are valuable mm. just by being you. And by being a child of God. Yes. You know? As we come to realise that my way is not the only right way, there are other good ways to connect with all different people. Like that's part of the learning I think of our generations, isn't it? I've so enjoyed hearing from each of you and I know you all appreciate that diversity of generations as we come to church together. I'm interested in what would you like to ask someone of a different generation? I wonder if we are missing a fear of God and awe of his holiness that was more instilled in the generations before us. As I guess I'd want to ask someone older than myself, what characteristics of God do we tend to ignore that it would be helpful for us to reflect on more? I've often thought about that. I think I was brought up to have a great awe and respect for God. I never thought of him as my buddy or my best friend. He was a holy, reverent God who is our creator and our Lord, but also our judge. Mm. And I always had a great awe and respect for him. That's an interesting thing to ask. What I thought that I would ask someone is, how is your Christian journey, your Christian walk going? And how can I support you or help you with this? Would you like to get involved in one-on-one reading the Bible together? Or can we pray regularly? Or can we pray over WhatsApp? Or perhaps pray with text messages to each other? How can I support you? It's actually funny you ask that, Jill. I'd really love someone to ask me about my prayer life, my Bible reading habits. I know they can be so much better. And just listening to Jill today and knowing that things do get easier with your life experiences and as your life stages change, that hopefully I will be able to eventually get into some good habits. But just chatting through that and ways that they can help me, ways that they can pray for me and just practical tips to spur me on in my walk with Jesus. I hope people feel really encouraged from hearing that, that we want to be asked about how we're going and we want to share our wisdom. And so we actually are a really great match when we get together at church and at Bible study so we can be a little bit more confident to offer that. Yeah, so all generations are important to each other. I guess that's what a church family is about. Of course. Did you have a question that you'd ask another generation? Yeah, sometimes social media in our youth can be seen as evil and controlling, but I know there are some really helpful things. So I was just wondering if there's something that the younger generation would see social media as a help. I mean, they're growing in knowledge and love of Jesus. Mm, We've already Mm. talked about WhatsApp being helpful in our Bible studies. Have we got another story? Definitely social media can be distracting, as can all things, but I personally have found it really quite helpful in helping me to maintain relationships with people I went to school with who are now at university in different places. Yeah, I have lots of friendships that only exist online and they're real genuine friendships and so I often will call friends to read the Bible with them and I've been part of prayer groups that happen on Zoom and Bible studies even that just wouldn't exist because we all live in different places. Yeah, we can definitely be using um, social media to encourage one another in our Christian walks. Yeah, that's really great to hear. It's not just constant staring at a phone and screen and scrolling. If you use it intentionally. Yeah, Yeah, Having a Bible on the phone is the best thing. It is handy, isn't it? When you're wondering where does that verse come from and you can look it up. Bible gateway. Yes. 
and also there are really helpful apps for remembering prayer points and finding Bible studies that are helpful out there. I'm going to need to speak to you about that one. I have learned so much from you guys and I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that we're part of a church family together. That's our last episode for Talk for 12 for the year. We wish you all a very Merry Christmas and please join us when we resume at the end of January next year. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals 1-2. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.